four, three, two, one. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get a Word in with me, your host, Josh Wagner, connecting with friends from different locations and vocations, discussing yesterday, today, and beyond. And today, beyond, we're turning up the heat and we're connecting with Chef Jose Mendine. Pleasure to have you here, Chef. How are you today? So good to see you, man. It's so good to see you sitting in one of your restaurants right now, because I know you're in La Placita, right? I just got done uh, a little prepping for the next week, kind of trying to, you know, get it to go in, either the uh, delivery to go or we can open the doors. We're trying to, you know, try to make it happen. All right. So a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is about making it happen. And I love I always do a dinner table introduction to start everything off. And the fact you're in your restaurant, it makes me feel as I'm kind of across the table from you right now, which brings me tremendous joy because I know things like that make us super happy. So I'm going to give a little dinner table introduction to you. And I know you've done this thousands of times in your career. So here's my introduction when I'm introducing you at a table. This Puerto Rican born son, husband, father, and chef, and founder of Food Coma Hospitality Services, is a five-time James Beard semifinalist. He is the 2015 New Times Chef of the Year. He has restaurants that range from Miami to Mexico City, Paris to Dominican Republic, nine restaurants and a food truck currently. He is a food luminary and a Miami culinary authority and somebody that this city is immensely proud of. I am super excited to have Chef Jose Mendine join us this evening. What I miss, Chef? <laughs> I, you're gonna make me cry. I mean, you didn't make anything, but it's very nice. Thank you, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> it, well, it's just a fact. I mean, Jose moved here in 1998. He's from Puerto Rico, but he made Miami home and embraced it fully, and the city has embraced him in return for all the right reasons. Chef, we start off with some rapid fire questions. You know nothing about these. I'm sorry if I put you on the spot, but you know what? Chef has, chefs have thick skins and short memories, so you know, you'll be able to handle it. You ready for some questions? I'm sure, yeah, of course. All right. So first question, Chef, rapid fire. If I told you that every single one of your restaurants was opening tomorrow, what's your first reaction? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, uh, I will definitely... Uh, Kind of like scream at the beginning, but then I'll, I'll get my my team together and form a plan where I can. I mean, everything I done, every restaurant I open is because of my team, and I have a great team. Everything we done, it, it's not me at all. I mean, I I might be the name uh, in the you know ahead, in front, but I'm my team, and and then I'll get them together and we we'll, we'll do the best possible to do that. Even though I think it's, it's kind of like crazy, but you would scream and be like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Right. That's right. All right. Next question. All chefs love pain. Why? You know what? I don't know, man. It's like uh, either you like pain or you cannot do it because it's so, it's so like hardcore what you do in the line, the way you work, the heat, the sweating, the you know the, the things that you go through is crazy, and I don't know. It, you have to enjoy pain or it's impossible to do. Okay, that being said, I've never in my career met a chef that hadn't been addicted to something or was OCD. What is your compulsive problem as a chef? You know, I, I, as I started working as a chef, you know, uh, one of the biggest things was for me as a, as a cook was the, you know, that reward at the end of the night of going out with the staff and, you know, like, wow drinking and just like relaxing and talking about the, that day, that night or the future. 
And OCD, definitely. I think a lot of chefs are OCD, and that's, this is what like kind of like brings you in a, in a place where you can do what you do, mm. uh, and we can we, we can show our ability to be mm. creative and be an artist. Yeah, I've, I've always appreciated chef to chef, that respect of a language that all chefs around the world know how to speak, which is which is really beautiful to understand with each other. Next question. What is the most underrated position in a restaurant, kitchen, front of house or back of house? Most underrated position, underappreciated, underappreciated. I think prep, you know, like uh, I've, I've, I, I've worked in a lot of restaurants. I work with a lot of people. And there's people that they don't want to work in the line and they just want to come and just prep everything. You know, Mise Place is a big thing about being a chef and these people come and they work on helping you get that Mise Place done and a lot of the things that you need to get done to make that service and, and, and create food that day. And I don't think people see them because they're not in the front on the line. That, so they just, someone, I mean, not saying anybody because a lot start like that and then they move on to be great chefs, but I'm saying that a lot of them love that job. They just love to come in the restaurant and just get stuff ready for you to use. And and, and that's, for me, definitely the most unappreciated job in a restaurant. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You can't exist without that prep. You can't exist without that dedication. Totally agree. What is your most beloved item in your home kitchen? Ooh. Um, honestly, really, like my toaster. <laughs> Why? Like, I had a big fight with my wife because my wife had this one of the cheaty toasters, you know, like like really bad one. And I'm like, why do we have such a cheaty toaster? If if everything I want to have in the morning is a nice toasted bagel, you know, I thought nice toasted bagel, like you know, and you give me the worst, you know, and and, and then my sons want to uh to eat a bagel too so i got them a nice you know a uh, four compartment toaster that you know makes it happen now so yeah that's my that's my best i mean then you have a lot of other things but i don't want to get into that i think the toaster because you end you, you start your day like that i love it chef jose bendin's most beloved item is his toaster because you can put multiple compartments and multiple bagels in it okay great i love it question for you and I know this is an issue that every owner thinks of. If money and profit meant nothing, where would be the dream destination for you to put a restaurant? Oh my God. For your personal pleasure, no profit necessary. Uh, I, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a tricky question. I think, honestly, in, in, in some, somewhere in, the, in, the, in, a, in a field, you know, with a beautiful farm and, and like something like, you know, where there's no foot traffic and when you start doing it, you don't think people are going to come because you don't have people around you. But then when you start doing it, people will start coming because you did such a good job that they want to, you know, they, I mean, they'll, they, word of mouth and then people start joining. But yes, definitely in a, in a field somewhere, you know, and actually that's one of my dreams, by the way, you know, like to do something like that, you know. Uh, uh, but yes, I think that's, that's, that's that will be, uh, if there, if there was no, no budget, no nothing. No pressure. Yeah. So a tranquil space, your own space you create. If they come, great. If they don't, but you know it'll be so from the heart, they will come. Yeah. Yes, I think right. you have to do it with some type of uh, a, 
goal of making money. I mean, <laughs> unless unless you have enough money in the bank that you don't care. Unless you have enough money in the bank, other places, it doesn't make a difference. Next question. These past couple of weeks as you've been staying at home, as we all have, as a chef, has there been something that you've been practicing or studying that is going to be new in your repertoire coming forward? I mean, uh, cooking for my kids. There you go. <laughs> you cook more for your kids in the past five weeks than you have your entire life, right? I, I, I do have, you know, I do have some, some goals in my life that I want to achieve, you know, and I don't want to get into those because there's things that, you know, they're, 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 they're there, but they're not something that is going to be going on in the future is anytime soon. But I, I, I think that just spending time at home a lot because when I wake up in a normal day and just like run out of the door and start working my ass off and go into restaurants and, and, and start, you know, like uh, going to the places that I'm needed and fixing stuff and, and, and doing what I normally do. But now with this thing that just happened in the last two months has been like more like, oh, I wake up and like, what am I cooking for my kids today? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they, and, and that's been a great interaction, you know, honestly. Well, thank God you have that toaster, bro, because it makes everything a lot easier. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. If, if I had that shitty ass toaster my wife had before, I would have killed myself. <laughs> well, for people who are watching this, who don't know what it is to work in the hospitality industry as a chef and as an owner, uh, Jose has put in more 18 hour days than you can even comprehend. And he thinks a 12 hour day is literally a breeze. So yes, I understand having that time must be very confusing in some areas. Confusing for my family. Yes, they must be totally freaked out. Like, uh, next question, you can only answer one thing. Here. <laughs> yes, all right. Puerto Rico, should it be the 51st state or should it remain a territory? You know, it's a very good question, but you're asking the wrong person. I, I come from a fam I come from a family that believes in the the ELA, which is the state uh, Estado Libre Asociado State Free and Associated with the United States of America. So if I say that we should be a state, my dad will kill me. If I say you should not be a state, my dad will kill me. So we are what we are in the middle, and this is a great commonwealth that helped out the island a lot. And yeah. maybe one day we'll be, you know, some we'll be a state or we'll we not be a state, but I like the way we are right now, right in the middle, just like me, the middle son. You know? All right. And Almedio, but all of us love Puerto Rico. All of us love San Juan. All of us love, I can't wait to go there with you one day because we've been planning on that for years and it never actually happened. But I met your friends down there. You know what I'm talking about. Next question. Person you've been most intimidated or nervous to cook for in your entire career? I have to be Massimo Votura. I mean, Massimo Votura came to do a dinner uh, at Habitat when I was I was I was Habitat and Habitat, and you know we did a great dinner. You know it was all his food. You know I was super nervous, and the day he got there to make sure everything came perfect. But after the dinner, uh, he came to have dinner at Pub Belly, and I get to cook for him. And for me, I was shaking. You know, and 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 to and to see his reaction. Because my food, you know my food, and you yeah. know, and, you know I, I put a lot of soul and heart into it. And just to see the way he reacted and, and the comments that he said about it, it, it was it was pretty pretty good. So yeah, it was definitely him. 
That's that's amazing. And your food to me definitely does represent so much, so much soul. And yeah, for sure. Next question for you. One thing you will never eat. Honestly, um, and my Mexican friends are going to kill me. Uh, I'm not into the, the insect thing, you know, like insects. The insects are just like, I don't know, maybe it was my mom. My mom was like so freaked out by insects. And then we went to see Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. And that, and that scene, my mom walked out of the movie theater when we went to that, to that cave. And, you know, I almost died one day because there was a roach inside the car. And my mom, start, the car started spinning around in the middle of the highway. And I, said, and I told mom, you can't do that. You know, we will kill the roach. We're going to be killing ourselves. You know, like, so I don't want to eat insects, honestly. You heard it here. No one serves no one serves chef insects anywhere, even if they are some dope grasshopper tacos. But we'll go on to the next. Jeff, no knows insects for you. Question. I know every owner has this. What's your number one pet peeve in your restaurant? What drives you the most crazy? I mean for me On the floor for the guests. It's service. It's 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 just seeing that somebody is meeting something, that somebody's just looking around for someone, that is my biggest, I mean, because I am all about hospitality, just like you are. And that's why I love you so much, because we, we live in this town that sometimes forget about hospitality. And when you meet somebody like, like yourself, for example, for me, that cares so much that I'm coming in and you wanna make sure that everything is in, is in order for, for when I come in, I wanna do the same when people are coming in my restaurant. Uh, so for me is that hospitality sense of making sure everybody is happy and and everybody need has what what what, what they need at the, at the moment honestly okay i'm with you 100 because it's all about the experience i want to know my next question what's your number one rule in all your kitchens hey if it's not done right, don't put it out. Done. Okay. Next question. No matter how busy you are, you can always do it again. But if it's not done the, the right way, don't put it out. Okay. So I believe in that too. If it's not done, make it go back until you're proud of it. I've always been one to say, are you proud of it? If someone says, is this cool? Are you proud of it? If you're not, go back and get it done the right way. If you're not proud of it, don't put it in front of my face. Next thing. I want to be proud, Chef. Because I got to go into my kitchen. What the hell should I do with this tonight? I went to Homestead and I got a box of vegetables and they gave me a cabbage the size of my head. I need to cook it tonight or it'll go bad. What should I do with it? Honestly, one of my favorite things is cabbage. I mean, there's so many, so many things you can do with it. But you know what? You can treat that as a, as a steak. You can cut it. You can cut it in a, in a couple of pieces, not in quart, you know, in quarts, but maybe a couple of pieces in eights, maybe. And and you can just saute, marinate it, saute it, you know, roast it in the oven, serve it with your favorite sauce, and you can eat that as it was a steak. Not that I'm not that I'm promoting uh, vegetarian eating, by the way, but I'm just saying uh, I love cabbage and I think it's great. Just pan sear it, roast it in the oven and eat it with your favorite sauce. It could be anything, you know, it could be a barbecue with a chimichurri, it could be anything. And treat it like a steak. Done, I'm going to have a cabbage steak attempt the first time in my life. Thank you for that. Okay, last dish that blew you away to memory. Oh my God. Wow. 
last days that blew me away. Uh, it has it will have to be uh, in in France. The last time I went to France, I had this. It was very heavy. It was in one of uh, Paul Bocuse's uh, uh, school uh, restaurants. So yeah. Paul Bocuse has a lot of school restaurants. That, I mean, they, they go there and they train. And it was heavy, but it was so delicious. It was a filet mignon with this, like, macaroni, kind of cheese, kind of layer thing, and then with an amazing... And the best thing about this was the sauce. It was like a beautiful beef sauce that, I mean, I think I put it on my Instagram. It, it, was, it was delicious. That was the last... I mean... I had so many good dishes in my life that I don't know. I mean, all of them, but that was the last, the last memory I can, I can have of a good dish. Beautiful. Next question: What is one service philosophy shared in all of your restaurants? Make sure that everybody leaves with a, with a smile. Okay. Perfect. Make sure that everybody, if somebody is leaving the restaurant, they don't have a smile on their face. There's something wrong. Stop them. Talk to them. Make sure to know what happened, that's it. So for me also, first and last impressions are so important, right? To set the tone and also to set, send them off. So if you're leaving with a smile, you've got a victory and a good story being told as everyone walks out the door. Next question, you've got one bottle, that's it, to bring with you. One left, that's it. What's your one bottle you're bringing with you to any occasion? One bottle? Of anything? Wine, anything. You got one bottle, chef. That's it. I mean, I, I, I'll i be lying if I don't say uh, a bottle of Don Quixote Silver. There you go. Puerto Rican boy for sure. Because it's, it's, it's something that I that I always loved since I was like, since I started drinking not a kid, you know, but yeah. uh, and something that 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 I always promoted because it, it is a rum that I grew up with that I lo- uh, enjoy drinking. And when I sip it, it, it brings a smile on my face. So, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, like, uh, too, uh, <laughs> Trust me, we got no sponsors here, bro. Don Q Silver, there it is. Next question. As a chef, do you prefer to have an open or closed kitchen in your restaurant? Open kitchen for sure. Open kitchen. Mm-hmm. Next question. What is the next it item that every menu we're going to see in the next six to 12 months have on it? Oh, my God. At this point, uh, I mean, everybody's getting more vegetable friendly. So, like, you just show me the cabbage, you know, like, it's a lot of things that, yeah, uh, that, that you can incorporate because everybody is more into the healthy eating. I am more of a balanced kind of chef, you know, I like to have a little bit of everything in my menus, even though I'm known for cooking more pork than a, your regular chef. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but I think that, I think, Using vegetables are the main protein will be something that you're gonna see more, and in, in in menus, you know, because it's been happening and and because the trend is gonna keep. But for me, sweetbreads. I would like to see more real sweetbreads. <laughs> I mean, to throw it back at you, just my opinion with that, because I think you're entirely right in terms of vegetable consumption. I do think conscious protein consumption is going to have a very big impact. I think that people are understanding if they understand where their protein comes from and they feel good about the purchase, they'll spend a little bit more money on it. But if they know the farm and they know the the impact that farm is having, ha- having and the process, I think conscious protein consumption is going to be something that's going to be very next. Next question. What is one place you long to return to? 
I got a ticket for you, chef. Fly anywhere you want tomorrow. No cons- consequences. Where are you going back? That I've been before. Yeah. I, I can't wait to go back to Italy, honestly. Because I've been in Italy only once, and I, and I haven't seen that I've explored Italy enough. I think explore a lot of uh, France and a lot of Spain because I lived in Spain and, and, I, and I lived in, London, in England. So I think Italy, I haven't done much, but I think Asia is something that I really need to explore more. Uh, but if it's something that I have, when I go back, I will say Italy. Perfect. What is your favorite fish to cook with? Uh, I have to say snapper. Snapper, perfect. I think All snapper right. brings everything into what I, I like in the fish, and and compared to other fishes that uh, that I work with, I think it brings the best mm-hmm. of all worlds. Going back to travel, where's your first trip for food inspiration? Well, my first trip for food inspiration. What was my first trip in for food? In- if you're going to take a trip tomorrow just for food inspiration, where are you going? Vietnam. All right. Who is the best Puerto Rican athlete ever? Wow. Uh, I, I will say uh, Felix Tito Trinidad, the boxer. Who won against... Um, fuck, I forgot the... Oh, he won a very important match. I forgot now because I'm I blanked. <laughs> All right. What is the last good deed you've done, Chef? Um. Well, in this in this in these times, we've done a lot of good deeds, but we send thousands of chocolates to to all the the hospitals, uh, like six hospitals in, in in Miami County, just to suit in their day. I mean, we we ha- we not sell- we haven't been selling desserts and the restaurants and the public sushi restaurants, so we took all that inventory and and we created these uh, brownies and we sent them to all the the doctors and and that was very very satisfying. That's awesome. What was your last regret? <laughs> that's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I think maybe a closing down Pabali Noodle. I think um, if if I had the chance to make it work, I would have. But as as a businessman now. I had I had to shut it down because I think the the the, the pub belly name has become pub belly sushi, yeah. And and everybody forgot what the pub belly noodle, the original pub belly was. So it's like you know something that we were trying to be cool and say pub belly noodle, pub belly sushi, pub belly steak, but we couldn't make it happen. And 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 that's one of my biggest regret. Instead of naming it, naming it. No, samurai sushi next door with the same product, you know, I, I think it would have been less confusing for people. And and people start coming to Pabali noodles thinking that was Pabali sushi. So I had to I had to do something about that. And and that that's kind of one of the kind of things that you know, I wanna fix in, in the future. I think that was a very I'm sure difficult decision, but I think a wise business decision in, in, in many ways. And I congratulate you on making such a big decision because you keep your business expanding and growing, right? So I'm gonna get into my next section because Jeff, I usually do this in a certain way, but you know, there's no rules, who cares? Um, I do it yesterday, today and beyond. And I talk about subject matters that are specific to the guests and their expertise. And 
today I really want to get in with you just future, 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 like beyond, beyond, beyond. I don't want to reflect. I don't want to talk about today. I want to talk about what's next. I've got a couple topics related to you, uh, your expertise, and I'd like for you to pick one and we can talk about it for what it's going to be in the future. Do you want to talk about dining gastronomy? Do you want to talk about luxury or you know what? Actually, I'm not going to give you the option. I'm going to pick one first. What are we not talking enough about? Forget the rules. What if there was one thing that you can entirely reimagine in your business, what would it be? I think it definitely is the what if, what if everything goes wrong? What if restaurants cannot open again? That's the biggest thing for me. And that's the biggest thing in my, in my head because Everybody's talking about reopening, everybody's talking about going back to normal, but nobody's done it uh, yet, not even in, in Asia or, or in Europe. So it's like that what if of like, what if everything backsplashes? What if, what if everything gets worse? So what's going to happen to all these people? Because, you know, this, this, I mean, this, the people that work with me, they're my family and, and, you know, and, even, and even me. You know, like, I mean, everybody, everybody is very scared of what is, what, what's going to happen. So I think that's the most important thing right now is like taking it day by day and adjusting. But at the same time, I don't think there's leadership from the government of, 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 of systems in place of, I mean, this happened and okay, yeah, we're going to send you a loan, we're going to send you this, you know, whatever. But it's like, okay, but what if that doesn't work? What if what if what if 25% is not enough? What if 50% is not enough? What if 75% is not enough? What if people don't want to go out and, and dine? So I think that there has to be a better a better system of making all this talent, all these people, all these chefs, put them to work where they can make money, keep their restaurants, and then and then go back to the normal one, everything, because we have no idea what's gonna happen. Okay, so let me ask you next thing in terms of future. What do you think about new projects or reinvention or revitalization? Like what's coming next with, you have an existing business, how are you reopening it? You have a new concept, how are you creating something from scratch? What is the future of new projects or what is the future of reinvention? I think that, that I mean, you look at what people are doing, and, and 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 I and I follow a lot of people that I admire a lot, and 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 see what the next step is for them. But I have no idea, honestly, bro. Like because I yesterday I got a call for to consult in a project. I'm like, why are you calling me right now to consult on a project where I'm just trying to like trying to to make my own restaurants get back to life and. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows. You look at what people are doing. Look, you 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 see what what's going on, the trends, the the in terms of like uh, to go takeouts, caterings, uh, this and that. But I have no idea, man. Honestly, it's so it's so like it's scary. So as a restaurant owner, you currently have nine restaurants and a food truck. You have hundreds of employees in multiple different cities and countries. Where do you feel the future of the dining experience will be for the consumer? Well, hopefully you get right now, for example, money is tight for some people. There are expectations of service and hospitality. Like with all your restaurants, 
how do you envision that dining experience to be for your consumer? Well, that's, that, that is very scary because everybody's trying to redo the dining experience by, well, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the person that I'm at Public Sushi now, we're doing like little, you know, uh, dividers so people can feel safe. In some restaurants, uh, like La Cita, I'm, I'm trying to work more into outdoor space. Uh, but what is the best thing about dining out is interaction, uh, socializing, uh, meeting new people, you know, like all those things I might be in, you know, in stake because of what's going on. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, this, I don't have an answer for you. Well, I'm going to speak to you like you're my bro. You're my brother. And I want to talk about the future of failure. I think that this is the first time that failure will be entirely acceptable. Uh, going into the future, well, I think that failure, because listen, I know you've opened and closed restaurants. I've had failures. All, every person who's successful has had a failure. Let's talk about the future of failure. I think that people that are going to fail are going to be the ones that will be the most successful. All, I think until this moment in time, people were not so prideful to share their failures. They hid them. This is the moment that, you know what? I'm not scared to fail. You know, someone like you, I think for me, has always been a maverick in your industry and has always had a tremendous amount of confidence going into every market. And, you know, for me, your hospitality is confidence in product, hospitality, and your team, right? Like, I want to see you swinging that enormous bat and not being timid. I think the future of failure is a great thing. How do you feel about failure yourself? I mean, it, it, the failure comes from the uh, mostly the scary, the scary, the scary thing about failing. It comes from the uh, financial backing. Yeah. Because yes, uh, there there have been some loans, uh, the PPP loans, and all this stuff going on. But what happens after that? Yeah. You know, how can you can you run a restaurant at twenty five percent? Can you run a restaurant at fifty percent? You know, like and we're even talking about bars and clubs and other stuff. You know, we're talking about restaurants right now. Yes. Uh, that's that's that is the the most uh, scary thing for me, the financial backing of the of, of of failing, because we can fail, but then what the what the hell what the hell do you do? So let's let, let's let's talk about financial impact, right? So how are you changing your your menu creation? How are you changing uh, what that experience is for your guest? Is it more shared items? Is it more affordable items for you to purchase and squeeze the penny on from a profit margin? Are you trying to bring in less staff to execute the same product? How does, what is, what does what the menu look like for you in the future? Are you trying to replicate what you had or are you altering your menu? I think, I mean, in, in, in all the restaurants, it's a different, different scenario. And probably sushi is a scenario that, that works because it's sushi and people want sushi and and it's something very easy to understand. And La Placita is a little different because it's Puerto Rican food. And I think we have to get uh, right now, get away from the sharing concept because the word sharing just like freaks out people, yeah. you know. Um, and then Rivertail is a different concept because it's, it's just different. Uh, in the future, I think we have to be, we need to get away from the sharing concept and, and make it in a way that. You know, we're doing some really cool stuff at Sushi where uh, when we open, people can just scan the a QR code and they can order from their phones. Less interaction, 
you know, uh, and stuff like that. And, and I want to include that in, into my into my restaurants when I open. But in terms of, yeah, I don't think people want to want to share. Uh, I think there's going to be more of an appetizer entree kind of thing, and if they feel comfortable in sharing, they can do. But um, definitely, this whole separation thing fits. Uh, how many feet uh, in between every table and stuff is kind of it's kind of crazy. What do you think about home cooking? I mean, God knows that every human being has put themselves in a position where they have to cook at home. How is that going to influence the restaurant experience? Because quite frankly. I'm cooking three meals a day right now. Never done that in my life. And I'm actually shopping and enjoying it. And I'm looking at menus. You told me what I should do with this cabbage tonight. Like, how do you feel about home cooking and how that will affect your business in the future? I think home cooking is definitely most encouraged than ever before. Uh, well, uh, because you feel, you feel more safe. And then because Every chef in the world right now is putting out their classes for free. So you can just type your favorite chef and you're going to find recipes that you can do at home. And that's great. That's amazing. But that's going to last for, for so for so long, you know, like. Uh, but definitely, yes, cooking at home is, is a big it's a big thing right now. And maybe hosting parties at home, uh, uh, diner dining parties at home with the people that, that you feel safe around instead of going to a place and you know, thinking that you're going to get, you know, exposed to, to, to the virus. But see, th th this is this is really important to me because like this afternoon, I watched a video of you and your son as a sous chef recreating your ridiculously insane pub belly fried rice, right? <laughs> and you just said that, you know, chefs are sharing the recipes everywhere. Information is being shared everywhere. The one thing that can't be replicated is the feeling of hospitality in a venue, right? Yes. Like, like yeah, the seamlessness of having someone take care of you. It's it's the emotion, right? So like people, thank God, people now are curious. They want to cook at home. They want to get pro. They're learning how to purchase the right foods, produce, protein, what's moral and ethical production. They're experiencing things that chefs have thought about forever, right? But how you translate that, like I may now come to one of your restaurants, you may give me on my receipt the recipes to what I ate that night and give me the challenge to cook it at home. Like right now, the experience of hospitality is massively challenged, right? Like how can I walk into a restaurant by Food Coma Hospitality Services, by Jose Mandin and receive that special extra, mm, you know? I mean, you, you you had a good example there, putting the recipe in in, in the you know in the tab, and and yes, uh, there's a lot of ways of doing that with technology to, uh, nowadays, and and I think we everybody's gonna be working on that, and 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 people are putting their ideas out there every day. I mean, so so it's up to us to to follow trends or create trends, and but you know at the end of the day we don't know what the hell's gonna happen. I mean, well, and, 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 and I'm terrified. I'm terrified, you know, and, I, and I'm not scared to say it. But you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm my best when I'm ter I'm terrified because you know you keep you keep your keep yourself on your toes. You keep, I mean, trying to come up with new ways and and yes, I mean, it's, it's it's a bad it's a bad time for for the for the industry. But I love the way the community is coming together and everybody's helping each other. All the chefs are helping each other. It's amazing. 
you know, and, and that's one of the, the, the most beautiful thing about what's happening. Everybody helping each other. Well, listen, I, I know that you're a business owner, but I know that you're a chef and that's how you became a business owner by being a chef. And I challenge any human being to tell me a chef that likes to be told they can't do something, right? You tell any chef you can't do it, that is a individual that will take that challenge on the nose and say, I will prove you wrong. And I think that when you take chefs and give them limitations, they know how to literally minimize portions, they know how to order differently, they know how to push their staff, they know how to be innovative. And I think the fact that you are a business owner as a chef, I know you're gonna succeed. I know that you're gonna push other chefs to succeed because no chef likes to be told you're wrong and you can't do it. That being said, I wanna ask my friend, Jose Mendin, chef and owner and employer of hundreds of people, what is your final word? What can you share with everybody? Well, about what you said, we're stubborn fuckers, chefs. You are, you are stubborn fuckers and we love it. And that's why great chefs can handle anything. I mean, I think for me, it's like, we need to keep grinding it and adjusting daily. And everybody's putting their ideas out there. And I mean, and we are feeding from each other. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I hopefully, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. I, I think at the end of the day, we're gonna, we're gonna make it through, you know? Like, hopefully this doesn't backsplash. So hopefully we can start slowly and get better. But, you know, honestly, my last word is like, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, but I'm gonna keep working on it, you know? Well, you know, one thing I think we can both agree upon is that when we do get to the time that we get to be able to serve our guests, our guests are gonna have remarkable service, remarkable hospitality given by people that are really grateful to give it to them, right? This isn't now just gonna be a job of punching in and punching out. It's gonna be grateful to be able to provide services to people. So I think that's a good silver lining. And I know you and your crew are gonna give us amazing things in the future. And I can't wait that I can actually share a dinner table with you and cheers you across the way, my friend. I mean, I can't wait either. Yeah. Jose, chef, pleasure. Thank you for getting a word in with me. Y hasta my up. Okay. <laughs> Only love, man. All right? Thank, Thank you. you Thanks for getting a word in. Take care.